Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio and its Biggs Alzheimer's Institute, expanding the horizons of dementia research and advancing comprehensive care. Learn more at uthealthdementia.org. I'm Kitty Isley, and this is 24-7, a podcast about caregiving. When I was taking care of my dad as his health declined and his needs increased, I really wanted some validation that what I was doing was as hard and significant as it felt. And I didn't see our family situation reflected anywhere. I looked for examples, books and TV, movies, anywhere I could find another model, a different way to think about what we were going through. But there wasn't much, which is weird, because caring for somebody as they age, it's a very rich and very strange experience with a lot of built-in drama. There was one story that caught my eye recently, although it's taken more than a decade to bring it to screen. It's called The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray, and it's out now on Apple TV, starring Samuel L. Jackson. Who that? It's me. Me? I'm me. Is you that woman want to ride me? No. I'm that man that's telling you that I'm here and that it's me, Reggie. Reggie? How, how I know it's you? You know my voice? I know the voice if I see the face who talking. Uh, but you know, sometimes sometime I don't know, you know? Okay. Okay, so how I'm gonna prove to you that I'm me. The Apple TV series is based on a novel by Walter Mosley. Lots of Mosley's books feature a private detective known as Easy Rollins. Denzel Washington played Easy in a big screen version of Mosley's book Devil in a Blue Dress. But a little over a decade ago, Mosley had an idea for an unlikely detective. The inspiration came from his own family experience in the early 1990s. My father was diagnosed with cancer, and he was slowly dying. And at some point or another, the cancer moved to his brain. And so he had a kind of cancer-induced dementia. His, his brain wasn't working right for him, and there was a lot of things he couldn't do or say or explain, and maybe there was too much that he felt. He was, you know, very brokenhearted and sad. And I was with him, I, you know, I was talking to him, I, I, uh, I, was, I had a, a good time with him, uh, but it was very sad. Then he died, and then some years went by, you know, 12, 13 years, and, and, and toward the, the end of that time, my mother started to have dementia. The front part of her brain, the language part of her brain, just started to decompose. And so she couldn't, could no longer really communicate And after a while, she really couldn't hardly think at all. But in both cases, I had to learn how to talk to my parents. And the way you talk to them changed every day. And I felt, you know, by the time my mother had died, that I learned this whole new language and this whole new approach to language, which is interesting because I'm not very good at languages. And when I had that in my head, I just had to write this novel. The book tells the story of a 91-year-old black man with Alzheimer's 
who gets the chance to restore his memory long enough to solve a murder and locate a buried treasure. He's helped by a surly teenager who eventually becomes his caregiver. The story goes to some dark places, including the lynching of a friend, which Ptolemy witnesses as a young child. But that violent event also leaves a legacy, a bag of gold coins for Ptolemy, if he can find it before his memory fails. It's a seriously good read, a mystery with a hero unlike any I've ever read. And it was still tricky for an acclaimed writer like Mosley to get the novel published, let alone made into a TV movie. Okay, so there's a little bit of setup we need here. It can be hard to want to spend time with a character living in chaos in his head and in his house. The story opens with Ptolemy Gray in his filthy apartment. Why you got the alarm clock in the icebox, Papa Gray? Uh, I, I wanted to know what the temperature was, so I, I think this would do you better by your sleeping table. What you think? The one person who cares for Ptolemy Gray is his nephew, Reggie, who comes by to take him shopping and to doctor's appointments. It's at one of those appointments that Ptolemy is recruited for a sketchy drug trial for medication that can bring back his memory temporarily. But before that happens, Reggie is shot and killed in suspicious circumstances. That leaves Ptolemy shattered and with no one else he can trust to help him. Enter Robin, a teen friend of Reggie's family with no family of her own. Reluctantly, Robin starts to take Reggie's place, first helping clean up for the man she calls Uncle Ptolemy. How you live like this? You infested, you hear? All these piles, all these boxes, breeding ground. I'm gonna have to put a stop to all that. Right now? Yes. Maybe it does take a crackerjack storyteller like Walter Mosley to move the focus from what can be the ickiness and difficulty of caregiving to make a hero out of a guy with advanced dementia. You know, it's challenging. It's a book about a man in dementia who gets this incredible chance to decide that he's going to put it behind him. It's going to cost him his life, but he's going to put dementia behind him and he's going to do what he needs to do. How did he come as a character? Because he's very different from what your parents' experience was. He's a much more isolated, but kind of iconic in his own way. Well, in a way, he's a kind of an amalgamation of my experience with my parents. And also, he's not completely alone. He has his great nephew, Reggie, you know, who comes by every, you know, couple of days, brings him his canned beans, sits and talks to him, you know, tries to take care of him. And, and I don't think I would have been that capable alone. You know, I had to find people to help me take care. Well, my mother uh, helped find people for my father and I, and I found people for her. But the, the big thing is when I would bring him together with Reggie, the communication was very complex because he's living in the present, he's living in the past, he's living in the far past, he's living in his childhood, and all of that is right now for him, which is you know what, what it was like with my mother especially. And then something happens to Reggie, and he is alone until uh, people come back into his life. And some of the people want to help him, some of the people want to steal from him, uh, some of the people just want him to go away. And one person, even though she resists, has to help him because that's what she does. I'm going to pick up on Robin because you introduce this character who doesn't need to take care of this man. She's a teenager. 
she's not directly related. She's sort of ancillary to the family, kind of a foundling almost that they take in. And she's got this, to me, a very compassionate nature. Even as you said, she doesn't really want to be there and she wants to recoil a little bit. Well, Robin is this uh, young woman who's also had a very hard life. Uh, she never really had a place that was hers. And now she's you know, living this, with this woman, this, the niece of Ptolemy. The woman just says, oh, go take care of your uncle. You know, Reg is gone. Go take care of your uncle. And she doesn't want to. She doesn't really like him. She doesn't really care. He smells. His house is a mess. Um, but she has a kind of a nature where she has to put things together. She has to make things work. But the thing about Robin is that she understands Ptolemy's language. So when she says, look, if I'm going to stay in this house, I got to clean it up. And he says, yeah, but you can't throw away my stuff, all my good stuff. You know, you might throw away my good stuff. And so she she understands what he's afraid of. And so she'll do things. She'll, she'll say, okay, let's start. I'll tell you what. I'll show you everything before I toss it or you get to decide. Huh? You like that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You like that. You want to keep this funky old toothbrush? <laughs> no, no, you throw that thing away. Yeah. Then she picks up the next thing. Yeah, we can get rid of that. Take it, we can get rid of this too. Say goodbye. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, he can tell that she understands what has value and what doesn't because they go from one thing to another thing to another. So after a while, he can trust her and he can sit back and everything's going to be okay. And that's that's where a relationship develops. People develop relationships because they can communicate with each other. All creatures do. That That's the, the basis of their relationship. Yeah, it's a very unusual relationship. It's not quite romantic, but there's something deeply affectionate and loyal. Later becomes very loyal, but it's a, it, there's clear affection between the two of them. It's true. There's, I mean, there's literal love. She really wants to take care of him and... She does as far as, you know, as far as is possible. Yeah, and it's like she needs almost a grandpa or somebody to take. It's not that he takes care of her, but that he's he loves her and she doesn't have anyone else who does. And and in the beginning, she knows what he needs. And as time goes on, he he knows what she needs. Mosley does something remarkable in his story. He's able to show a man with dementia as his mind wanders through different eras of his life. But in Ptolemy's mind, all those eras, they're still happening now at the same time. They're just jumbled. When he relives his friend's lynching, it traumatizes him all over again. And yet he can't remember what that friend told him about the location of a buried treasure. So when Ptolemy is offered the chance to take a memory-restoring drug, knowing it will shortly kill him, he takes it because he believes it will let him put that past to rest, find the money for Robin, and find out who killed his nephew, Reggie. One of the interesting things I found with, when people get old and, and sometimes when they start to face things like dementia and they, and they don't have the same set of rules working them, they become incredibly brave. Really? I would, yeah, well, I would do this. I would, you know, if, if they don't like somebody, they, they, you know, the rest of their life, if they didn't like something, they'd just be quiet. Now they're like, hey, you, stop that. You know, they're very verbal. They're very, you know, very angry. They want to, they're no longer limited 
by the survival techniques that they've learned for so long, which may or may not have worked well for them. And I see that in Ptolemy. Ptolemy is saying, well, this is it. I got, you know, I got my memories back for maybe a month. And in that month, I have to do what's right. He says, I got this young girl here. She, I can help her. And if I help her, she can take what I have and she can help other people. And, 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 and somebody has killed my nephew and I got to find out who that is. And I have to do what's right for him. And he's, you know, he's not worried about the police. He's not worried about anything except for what he thinks is right. And this is a, this is a moment which is extraordinary, I find, in, in, you know, in, in, in so many older people that they're willing to speak the truth. They might actually not even be able to not speak the truth. They, they have to say what they're feeling, what they're seeing, what they're thinking. And, you know, I mean, it's not everybody, but it's certainly Ptolemy, you know. And I, I think, you know, I, I had that experience with both of my parents. The filter's off or the... Yeah, the filter's off, the, the filter from the outside and the filter from the inside. We need to take a short break. When we come back, the incident Walter Mosley had with his mom that shaped the character of Ptolemy Gray. This is 24-7, a podcast about caregiving. I'm Kitty Isley. The University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio is proud to support the 24-7 podcast. Its Biggs Alzheimer's Institute is expanding the horizons of Alzheimer's research while supporting everyone involved in dementia care, from patients and families to healthcare professionals. Learn more about the free online programs and educational resources at uthealthdementia.org. This is 24-7, a podcast about caregiving. I'm Kitty Isley. Walter Mosley wanted his readers to get into the mind of someone living in the past and present at the same time with his novel, The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. That idea started with an experience he had with his mother. I remember once I was in a, a store with my mother, and, and my mother's name, or her maiden name was Slotkin. Mm-hmm. And um, she was in a store, and there's a there's like this perfume that's made by somebody named Slotkin. And she saw it and she went, oh, my God, look, this is my, my father. My father made this. I didn't know that he makes perfume. And her father was alive for her then. And that, just, that, was, just, that was just real for her. It's ex- and, you know, the, and it's such an extraordinary moment, you know, which also is a very much like childhood where uh, what's real and what's not real is is all at once, all the time. What's a dream? What's reality? It's it's all the same thing, and um, you know we start there and we end up there. <laughs> right, and it's very powerful and very confusing when you're witnessing it or you have to help it. Yeah, and heartbreaking. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. You know, uh, it it might be able to be a little less heartbreaking. You know, one if you st- begin to realize you can stop and listen to this kind of fanciful way of seeing the world and understand that it's real. These, these are real experiences that somebody is having. And they're, you know, they're trying to, to express them to you. And yet we don't see it. We're just old people. I mean, they don't, we don't live in the same places. So we don't see them. We don't see the caregivers because they're either at home 
or they're in an institution behind closed doors. So part of my instinct with this series was, how come I feel so alone if 50 million people are doing this? Why don't I know about it? Why don't I see it? That, that that's that's the the real thing. Uh, but you, but here but there's a a, a moment. I there was a, a group of people who are they're a nice people, public organization helping me with my mother. And I was talking to them, and and you know I had talked to my mother. I said, Mom, and I took her to some places, some retirement homes, nursing homes, and she looked at those places, and you know she was pretty deep in dementia, but she looked at me. The fear in her face was definitely a communication, and she said, No, 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 I don't want this. And I said, okay, mom. And I was able to keep her in her house. Uh, and I got, you know, I got uh, somebody to come in and stay with her. It was very nice. But when I would talk to the people at the, the organization that were, you know, helping me, they said, listen, uh, she doesn't know what she's doing or what she's thinking. You need to put her in a home. And I said, well, she doesn't want to be in a home. And they, and this woman said to me, what she wants doesn't matter. <gasps> And I'm like, when I was two years old, I wanted things that didn't maybe they weren't logical. But in, in this woman's mind, not logical. I said, but my mother helped me as much as she could. She only made me do things when she had to make me do things. I didn't have to move my mother into a home. So I was not going to. Because, you know, this is her house. I saw what happened when my grandmother was moved into a home. She died. Mm-hmm. You know, because she gave up emotionally because, I mean, people don't really think that your heart can kill you. And when you're younger, you know, it's less likely. But when you get really old, you know, you're very fragile. And it's important for, you know, for young people. I said, really, really, there's so many stories. I, 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 there's a, these people I knew from Peru, he's a young guy, he's very strong. He was helping me move stuff in my building. And he, and I, and, and he, and he said, uh, I need some help. So he got these two guys, one guy who was very strong and another guy who was like much older, but he was the guy, my friend's brother. My friend's brother couldn't carry as many things as my friend could carry. But he, he brought him along because this is how people live. When he was young, the older brother carried for him. Now that the older brother's old, the younger brother carries for him. And this is, that's what life is. You know, it should be. Yeah. And that's what I thought was beautiful. I really did think it was beautiful in this story because Ptolemy's immediate family, immediate extended family, doesn't really want to deal with him. They just, you know, it's not pleasant. No. He smells. <laughs> but someone steps into that and becomes the extra family that he needs. And it's just such a beautiful relationship. And I just thought you you illustrated, you kind of like embroidered this beautiful relationship around a hell of a story. I mean, it's an all cylinders firing story. It's like, I kind of felt like it was a Western at the beginning. You know, there's a pistol and a gold doubloon. <laughs> like, okay, we're off into the land of myth. And I want to just say thank you because I'm not seeing enough of that. And it helped me a lot to see it. But that you just drew such a, a great story and it takes that to bring you into the experience because otherwise you kind of want to recoil. Yeah, I, I would like to help people to... Uh... I would like to help people to reconsider it. I, I remember uh, my my agent, my literary agent, Gloria. Uh, I, I remember I went to a party at their house once, and there are all these various people there. And one of the people 
was this woman who was experiencing dementia. Well, she was in the beginning of it, but she knew that she was doing it. And, and so, and I looked at her and I said, hey, Peggy, how are you? And she went, well, you know, um, and then, you know, kind of tapered off. But, but in doing that, she was explaining to me what was going on with her. And, you know, she was just at the dinner with everybody else. You know, some people were young, some people were old. Uh, she had dementia. I think she was probably only one. But, they, you know, and, and it, you could just be a part of something. You know, and it's hard. You know, it's hard uh, once, once the society gets so big that you can't, you know, trade uh, bread for beef. Then you're, you're no longer in a society small enough that has to accept itself, I think. Do you have any ideas about what how you want to be cared for when you're older? Huh. It's a good question. Not really. I have you know, many many friends in the world. I do talk to them about like I, I live kind of like a like a country guy. I have a lot of friends who are much younger than I, you know, a lot of people my age, then a whole bunch of people who are older than me. Uh and so, you know, I, I talked to younger people. I said, well, listen, you know, one day I'm going to need this and this and this. You know, if you can help me, uh, this is how we can do it. You know, and I'll, you know, I'll just say that, you know, either it happens or it doesn't. You know, I, I really identify with Ptolemy, you know, because all of us in the end, we have a life that we want to live. But we might need some help with it. We, we all need other people. And the thing is, is that we have to have empathy for oh, yes. other people. And I think that, that that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm starting to get old, you know. I'm, I'm 70. Shocks me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, we'll see. Best-selling author, Walter Mosley. His novel, The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray, is now an Apple TV series starring Samuel L. Jackson. Next time on 24-7... A screenwriter and her comedian husband stumble on a way to help families dealing with Alzheimer's. And he had gone to just a very small sort of variety show that was a very small fundraiser for a, a charity. And he was like, you know, what if we what if we do that for Alzheimer's? We know comedians and we can get some musicians and we'll throw a show and we'll raise some money and, and that would be great. And I was like, can we pay for care for people? Can we pay for a caregiver to come in? Why not just improve people's lives today in this moment, not just in 50 years, maybe with a magic cure that we're not even barely close to. Lauren Miller Rogan on creating Hilarity for Charity with her husband, Seth Rogan, to help support family caregivers. 24-7 is produced by me, Kitty Isley, with Ben Henry. We had editing help from Cindy Carpian. If you have an experience caring for a parent or elderly loved one, I'd love to hear from you. Email us or send a short voice recording to 247 at tpr.org. 24-7 is a production of Texas Public Radio. 